Hi, and welcome to another edition of Mystery School. Our topic tonight is Inner Child, and I'm your host, Jacob Cox. Thank you guys all for being here. I'm really grateful, as I always say, to have everybody who's joined us tonight with Ascension Works Television, and uh, everybody who's going to watch this afterwards on that platform, Rumble, YouTube, and everywhere else we're going to put it. Uh, we're just excited to be able to put this information together and share a topic and then have a big discussion afterwards. So if you guys haven't joined us yet, please find me on YouTube and Rumble, AscensionWorks.tv, and um, you know, help spread the message, spread the news, the good news. Literally, this is the good news, right? There's a lot of terrible news on the world right now. There's a lot of things that they're talking about, but there's it's rarely good, right? Why? Because they don't want people to know about the good news. But I'm telling you, I came here in this reincarnation, in this lifetime, to spread the good news, spread the gospel that we are all one. We are all going to towards a thousand years of peace, of, of peace, a fifth dimension, uh, a kingdom of heaven that's right here on this planet. And that's something I think really to be excited about and something to cherish and, and just be extremely grateful right now in this moment where we are right now and all the carnations that it took to get to this moment in history. Like this is something I think we've all really waited for. And it seems a little scary and the darkness may be coming before the dawn, but I'm I'm 100% guaranteeing you guys all there is a dawn. There is the light at the end of the tunnel. And that's what we're here to share tonight. So our topic is inner child. Uh, I, was tell, I was talking to people earlier. This is a subject where it's, you know, kind of feel good fluff um, on the surface. But deep down, you know, even our greatest masters have told us, if you want to end the kingdom of heaven, you got to be like little kids. So I think this is really important to talk about. It's really important to share. Because if you want to get there, if you want to get to that kingdom of heaven, that fifth dimension, this higher vibrational frequency that's coming upon this planet, you're going to have to find that inner child within ourselves. And it is, it is work. It is releasing traumas. It is healing yourself. So if we could, let's get started for tonight. Put our slideshow up, inner child. Um, that's where we're at for tonight. So let's go ahead and go. I'm ready to find mine. I hope you guys are ready to you know, find yours as well. So really, it's all about how in touch are you with your inner child? Um, you know, there are a lot of people that I meet who definitely, you know, you see them around kids and they got their high voice and they're fun to play with. And there's some people who definitely aren't. Um, and you can usually tell that right away. Who's willing to work with other people? Who's willing to play? Who's willing to, you know, be silly and joke around? Um, you know, sometimes we get caught up in these adult bodies that we're in and we forget, you know, really deep down. We're the spirit inside going through this journey. And the things that happen to us as kids can really play a big part into how we are interacting with the world as adults. So super important to really ask yourself, is your inner child ready to come out and play? Is it ready to play with others? Is it ready to get along? It's easy to throw stones and be mad and be divisive and, and find a platform where you can be against someone else. That's pretty easy these days. But to be the child within yourself, that literally wants to play with everybody else, that wants to engage with people, that wants to learn, that wants to grow, that has a hundred thousand questions to ask why, 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 you know, that's how we should feel about the world. You know, it's not all figured out because we went to high school and we went to college and, you know, they gave us these books to read and said, this is all the information we need to know. It's definitely not. The most incredible things that I've discovered in this lifetime have been the things that I've researched on my own that I've had happen to me behind closed doors in my living room. So um, it's really important, you know, finding that inner child and being, you know, sensitive again, man. And they told us not to be sensitive, right? As kids. And, and maybe our parents did, maybe teachers did. 
but somewhere along the way, someone told us not to be so sensitive. And it, it's really a good thing to be sensitive, to feel your own feelings and your emotions and that inner voice guidance that's coming through. Uh, there's absolutely nothing wrong with being a sensitive person. Um, but as, you know, as an adult, when those things have happened to us as a kid, that part of the brain just doesn't even realize. It's just like, this is now. There's only now. And it doesn't, um, can't decipher that time. So things that happen to us as kids really affect us today. So above all, never let age extinguish the fire of your inner child. And that's what it is. It is a fire within us. It is a power that we have, like a superhuman power. That's why so many kids are so, you know, they just love superheroes. They love, the mission is to save planet Earth, to save others, to help, to be a servant, to wear your cape with pride and go help the others in the world. I mean, there's no, no one better among us than a servant, really, honestly, that's what it is. And to help others, eventually you realize you're, all, you're honestly helping yourself. You can't help someone else. You can't do for others and not feel good some, some way, somehow. It just makes you feel good to help someone else, no matter what that is, to listen, you know, help somebody get a little lunch one day, um, just make somebody feel heard and feel special. You know, a lot of people don't feel like that anymore. Um, I love this little picture, two kids playing, and it says, what do you want to be when you give up? When you give up all your dreams, all your ambition, all your imagination, how will you fall into alignment with what is going on on this planet now, instead of having those hopes and dreams as you, as you get older and become an adult? Uh, it's kind of sad, but it is true. You know, we do give those things up. We give up our dreams for security, for what's easy, what mom and dad want sometimes, what our family wants, be a doctor, be a lawyer, be this, go to college. And those dreams that we have to be performers, to be you know healers, to do different things, sometimes you know it's hard to go against the grain and to do something different. But we got to go back and we got to find that. So here's an incredible picture from Burning Man. Two adults, angry at each other, backs towards each other, and their two little inner childs facing each other, still wanting to play, still wanting to connect. Isn't that how it is? Like, one person says something mean to me, I'm not going to talk to you anymore. I'm not going to be friends anymore. You know, I can't even tell you the, the awful things that I did to some of my friends when I was a kid. I literally knocked a friend of mine out, my best friend, my next door neighbor, and uh, we we're shooting slingshots. And I pull one back as far as I could, and I hit that dude right between the eyes. And I thought he died. I was literally as scared as I could be. And he was out for a couple minutes. And, you know, once you come back, he was probably pretty upset. But, you know, you get up and you, you start playing, and you keep going until the sun goes down, you know. We don't have forgiveness in our hearts like that anymore. We've been tainted. We've been, our hearts have been hardened to be, to be upset, to hold grudges instead of just really being beautiful, forgiving. I, you know, I forgive you. Let's move on. Let's have fun. Now, all the time left is 30 minutes before the sun goes down. We got to play and we got to have fun. It's a powerful image to think about, even though our egos are hurt and we don't want to talk to someone Deep down, if you really listen, if you're really sensitive, sometimes you can hear that little voice saying, you know, go back and talk to the person, go forgive them. Um, you know, don't, don't live a life where you banish out friends from your reality because you, your ego's bruised. And that's what happens. 
inside of every single one of us. We got this little inner child. We got this pure vibratory spirit inside of us all. And, you know, that's because you're in an older body, because you're in an elderly body. Doesn't mean it's still there. Doesn't mean it's still hurt to this day because of something that happened in the third grade or when you're three years old. And a lot of times we, we really, when something happens to us and we get really upset, someone hurts us, tells us we're not good enough, we're not pretty enough, or we're not as cool as everybody else. And that little piece in our hurts us. We don't really deal with it. We don't know how to deal with it as children. Most people aren't taught that. But because those things happen to us, we carry them on and we just kind of bury it underneath, under, under way down deep in the body. And um, we don't realize, even though we've kind of forgotten about it, it's over. It's still playing a part of how we see the world, the loss to our universe and how things, people and events are showing up for showing up for us. You know, it can happen in a lot of ways. It doesn't have to be someone. It could just be the, the wounds of trauma of our parents arguing, getting angry at each other. Um, you know, people, like I said before, people saying stuff to you uh, that you're not good enough or pretty enough. But there's a lot of different ways how this plays out. When it plays out, you know, it's just something that it's happened. Maybe it's over, but you go to your bed that night and you think about it till you go to sleep. You dream about it. And it just stays in the subconscious and it never goes away until you, you may think it did. You may think, oh, I forgive it. I don't care about that anymore. But when you really revisit those places in your imagination and in your past, you realize how much they really are playing a part um, for each and every single one of us. So there can be no keener revelation of a society's soul than the way in which it treats its children. That's Nelson Mandela. And I think that's an incredible statement because I don't know about you guys, but I've heard some pretty negative things about the way some people are treating children, but what, what things that people are doing to children in this world. And I don't want to go into depth about it, but I'm sure most of you know, trafficking that's happening, pedophilia that's happening. These are things that are happening and we do need to be aware of them and, and what's going on and not just not talk about them, have a conversation about them. But it's so funny that, it's incredibly important to be in this inner child state of being. And there's some people who've lost it so much, they have to feed and pray on little children to get that energy because a child's energy is a higher vibrational frequency. They live in a higher vibrational state than we do. It's when they've learned the knowledge of good and evil. This is what you do. This is what you don't do. This is how you act and how you don't act. Um, this is how these kind of people act. And this is how we act. These are how rich people and poor, whatever. And you learn all that knowledge of good and evil, what's right and wrong. And, you know, before that, you're in the Garden of Eden state. You run around naked. You don't care. It doesn't bother you. Um, those kind of things. It's not so someone tells you you're naked. You need to put clothes on. Right. And then you realize, oh, oh, I, that's not a good thing. That's bad. That's us. That's the parents and adults telling our children. And, I, and to some extent, well, they have to do that a little bit in society. Right. They have to obey those laws. But we need to be really careful sometimes about how we explain certain things. And I, you know, definitely for one, never saying because I said, so I, I, I feel like I always want to be honest and I want to explain to children why, why, why are we doing this? And you know, that it's not necessarily bad. Um, our bodies are not bad at all. Uh, there's just different ways we have to act in society and culture sometimes, but, uh, deep down, very deep down within our soul, there's a beautiful, loving child. You remember her? You remember him? 
They're still there. They're inside you waiting. Let's go get them tonight. Why don't we do a little practice and, and really, you know, remember what it's like to be those people because we really are still those young kids, even though we got these, you know, older bodies. <laughs> We're definitely those younger kids inside ourselves. And it's time to go heal. Heal our inner child. It's incredibly important. Um, like I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you some stuff later on that's going to explain into depth a little bit more about how important, you know, Christ and other people said that it was. Um, but if we haven't done an inner child, well, we need to do it. We really need to do it. Um, so let's, let's do that a little bit. Inner child wounds. I found this online. I thought it was great, a great place to start. Abandonment wound. People who feel left out. People who uh, fear being left. Um, they're usually codependent. They hate being alone. They usually need people to be around them all the time. Um, and, and that abandonment issue, that trauma that you have from whatever reason, someone left you at the house for too long and you got scared. Whatever it is, that plays a big part into who you are and what you're attracting into the world. So we're pulling people towards us. If in that case, you know, usually unemotional, you know, emotionally unavailable people, people who aren't ready to be there for you, as you think the world is like that. This trauma has happened to you as a child. And so now, and you still believe the world's kind of like that, even though you may not really, you know, think about it on, on the surface when you got to go down deep, find out what's, what am I really thinking about? What am I really bringing to myself? And you're bringing these people to say, yep, you know, I'm going to leave you. I'm going to, I'm not going to be here for you. And that's happened to me in my own life for sure. until so I really was able to kind of heal that wound, the guilt wound, people who feel sorry, feel bad. They don't like to ask for things, um, using guilt to manipulate. You know, you're afraid to set boundaries. And that normally attracts people who make them feel guilty, make you feel bad, like you haven't done enough for them or you're not good enough or whatever. These kind of wounds are there and they happen as little children and we're obviously not um, aware of them all the time. But to me, go back and imagine being a kid. Remember your teachers, your friends, your parents, the songs you used to listen to, the shows you used to watch. Go in your room by yourself and start using that imagination. I, Magi Nation, the place inside of all of us where we're all magicians, we're all Magis, and we have this incredible ability to create, I would say, the fourth dimension. The fourth density is like literally your thoughts in your head that are as real as anything else is. Um, but if you can't learn to use your, if you can't use your imagination, you've lost probably one of the most incredible gifts that creation has given to us. To be able to imagine different worlds, to imagine different societies, to imagine um, everything. I mean, that's where everything that's around us in the physical realm is all from someone's thoughts. Someone had to think about how to create a bike or a lawnmower or whatever it is. That all had to come in someone's head before it became the physical world. We really have to think about those things first before we're ever going to see them. And so go down to the trust wound, people who are afraid to be hurt, people who don't trust themselves. They find ways not to trust people. Oh, so-and-so did this to me, so I can't ever trust them ever again. Uh, not that we should probably trust everybody 100% as soon as we meet them. I, trust is probably more better earned than anything. But um, I've, always, I've always thought that it's not like a test where you start out at 100. You start out at zero, and as you get questions right, you get more and more points in my book. That's how I normally see it. But uh, 
they people like that feel insecure. They need lots of external validation. They don't feel safe. They normally attract people who don't feel safe, you know, for whatever reason. That's a big one. And then the neglect one. Struggles to let things go, has low self-esteem, gets anger easy, uh, angry easily, struggles to say no, represses emotion, fears being vulnerable, normally attracts people who don't appreciate them or make them feel seen. And I imagine there's a few people like that out there like that. And I definitely, I kind of, I can resonate with all these things. I feel like I had uh, a traumatic childhood that definitely changed my life as a child. Um incredibly and i feel like probably you know I'll share that story with you guys now because i feel like stories help people right when somebody can resonate with your story it's it's helpful so when i was a kid and i was about six and a half years old i um was in a car accident basically went face first through a window i wasn't wearing a seatbelt at the time it's like a day or two after christmas in 1987 and I went flying through the window and fell on the ground. And then this Jeep Cherokee flipped several times and fell right on top of me. And my parents found me. My dad said I wasn't breathing and I wasn't, um, my heart wasn't beating. He just thought I was dead. And so, uh, you know, he prayed for a second, but he went to go find my mom and brother too. But eventually they got me out from under there. And um, I, I, basically died on the ambulance on the way there in the hospital they said i probably died at like three times i lost an incredible amount of blood had an incredible head injury you know major head injury and glass all on my face and broken collarbones and all kinds of stuff and um i think i had like 300 stitches plus in my face after it was all over uh eventually learning staying in the hospital in a in a bed for several weeks or a month or so Eventually going back to my grandmother's house in Georgia and staying in on her couch for several months. My teachers brought me my work and my grandmother did it for me and turned it in. I peed on a couch for a couple of months and I didn't get up. I had to eventually learn how to walk and talk again and take physical therapy for that. Um, that's you know a lot of scars and stuff on my face that kids didn't make fun of. I had incredible headaches that would last for hours that would just put me out from all the pressure i guess so that happened for a long time afterwards glass came out of my face for probably a year or two after that so we'd find little fragments to come out eventually uh just work their way out of my face um so it was very traumatic and i even as a child i never guessed that god wasn't real but I was very angry that God let that happen to me. I was very upset that why would you let this happen to a six-year-old boy? I would get made fun of at, at school for having scars on my face or being in a wheelchair or something. I, I mean, because I went back to school in a wheelchair before I could really walk well. And um, it was awful. It was an awful experience. And I was, you know, different from that point on. I was majorly different than everyone else. And um, I even had kids eventually, my self-esteem was so shot i didn't i didn't defend myself i didn't care about protecting myself i just was this really sad little boy and i remember the kids started calling me gay when nobody even knew we didn't know, people didn't really know what that was and i remember miss marlo stood up for me i was just like my head down just walking behind her as everybody's making fun of me she heard it and she turned around and said you guys don't even know what that means don't call people that and made me feel good that the teacher stood up for me and talked and helped me out but it was awful, man. I, I 
I went to bed almost every night crying, wishing I would die. And, um, you know, it's awful for like a six-year-old kid to feel, you know, I'm seven years old almost. And um, it, it's something that happened for a long time. And as I have gotten older, I've known myself for a long time after that. But after, as I got older, I realized how much power was in that moment for me. And all the things that happened to my mom, my dad, the guilt that he felt for driving, my brother, my brother was jealous because he didn't get a scratch on him. He was jealous that I didn't have to go to school. He was, he was jealous of grandma. I sat at grandma's house all day. And that's not right or wrong. It's just what it was. That's, that's the wounds that he, the trauma that was wrapped around that event for him. And everybody had different things that happened that, that played out for them, you know, like guilt and jealousy. And um, um, so anyways, uh, as I'm an adult, you know, I'm always constantly, I've, I've wrote about that for school and high school and college and other things. Definitely knew that was a big trauma for me in my life. And I went back to that place so many times and asked God, why did this happen? Why did this happen? And as I mature, as I do my inner child work and I realize, I am, I could never, I could never be the person that I am right now had that event not happened to me. I would never have the empathy for someone in a wheelchair, for someone who couldn't walk, for someone who was different, had I not had that experience for myself. And today I work with special needs kids and adults. And I know for a fact, there's no way that I would have the empathy, the patience, the kindness, the, the downright determination to make a difference and make somebody feel love to make somebody feel like there's somebody there to hang, come to their house every week and play with them and hang out with them and do things with them. I would not have that if it wasn't for that, that moment in my life that that happened. So I have, I have nothing but revelation from that then, right? I, I'm better because of those things that happened, no matter the scars and the, and the pain and the, and the being made fun of, you know, there's nothing that someone can say to me now that's going to make any effect on me now. You know, I've heard it all, I've heard it all. And, and you're so much stronger because of those things that happened to you. You really are. So as that has happened to me, and I've done work for years and years and years on this event, I want to share this little, this little, piece, this little piece with you guys. So recently I had to buy a vehicle and I was just researching on four wheel drive vehicle, decent gas mileage and all the things that I wanted. And so I finally ended up on the car that I wanted and um, I had like three to choose from. And then last second, this nice red one popped in and I was like, oh man, that's the one, you know, I really want that one. I like that color and, you know, that's the kind of car I want. So I got it. And it took me probably a few days up to a week, maybe even. I'm driving that car around and the Godsmack moment, the revelation, the aha, the eureka moment happened to me. Boom. I'm driving a red Jeep Cherokee 2017, which is 30 years after the 1987 event of me going through a windshield in a red Jeep Cherokee. And I was like, whoa, man, the goosebumps, all the hair stands on top of your, all over your body. And you realize, wow, God just gave me a gift. I was someone who was traumatized by this event in this kind of car and now i'm driving it and it, it didn't bother me at all i even told my mom this about this she goes 
She goes, are you scared to drive that you're going to get a wreck or something? I was like, no, absolutely not. I felt like it's that recognition. It's the significant thing in your life that happens. So, you know, these, all these events coming back and scroll back around saying, you've done the work. Here's your gift at the end of the rainbow, at the end of the journey. You know, you get something to, to recognize uh, all your efforts, all the things that have happened, you know, that you had this crazy thing happen to you and you did the work to go back and, and forgive and to let go and to move on and be a better person for it. And that's what the whole thing is about. And I was like, wow, that's exactly what it felt like to me. And it still feels like today. And I feel like those things are really important to share with people because I think everybody's got, you're not going to get a car, but you know, everybody's got something, some kind of significant thing that's going to happen when you really do the work, when you can tell your story without crying, without, I mean, not that crying is bad or anything like that, but I told the story so many times I bought crying. Now it's just like, let me tell you, because it's empowering to share this kind of, because because if I, if I can, you know, I was a person who wasn't supposed to walk. I wasn't supposed to talk. I was, and if I did, you know, if I lived, I was supposed to be a vegetable, like in the rest of my life in a wheelchair. That's what the doctors told my parents. And here I am standing in front of, you know, you guys sharing my story. And that's, that's not what happened. You know, I overcame that. And so, like I said, we're all better for those things. So I just want to, you know, inspire anybody else out there, whatever you've gone through, the things that have happened, the emotional traumas, the wounds that have happened, go back and find it, go back and find out where it started for you. And I, you know, it may be hard. You may be older, but I can't think about myself when I was three. If you just start going through pictures, going through your memories, being super calm, trying to remember that teacher, trying to remember that, that, that paper that you wrote, that thing that you draw, the, you know, cologne that your dad used to wear, the house you used to live in, your room, whatever it was. If you just go back and start to imagine yourself in that environment, things will turn on for you. Things will click. Things will reassess in your life and make you just, oh my God, I forgot about that. I forgot about that that animal, stuffed animal that I had. I forgot about that, um, you know, that treaty I had with my blood brother back in the day, whatever. You, things will just start happening and you'll go back and you'll remember certain things that happened to you. And it's really powerful. It's really, it really is powerful to go back and heal that younger child that got hurt. Something happened to you. You got to got to go back in the hero's journey and you got to go rescue them from the tower. You know, I mean, you got to go rescue them Bring them back to safety. Bring them back to oneness with you. Um, it's incredibly important because when we do that, we realize before all the garbage that we were told, before the right or wrong, the good or bad, that be a Republican, be a Democrat, love these, love this sports team, whatever, before that, you know, we realized really beautiful imagination was really intact with us, incredible beings of magic and wonder and beauty. And you know, when you're young like that, you're not born with hatred or intolerance. You know, it's something that we learn. It's, you know, I think probably the people who are most angry at others, the people who want to hurt others, the people who are hurt themselves, hurt people, hurt people. So if we go back and we can find that essence when we're a younger kid and we heal that, why would you want to hurt anybody else if you're not hurt yourself? I can't see any reason to want to hurt anybody to infringe on anybody's rights or their freedom it just doesn't make any sense at all and when we go back to that child we we find that magic again that's where it is right as the child everything's magical everything is incredible like just being here in this moment is is so beautiful to kids like 
they're so excited. They're so stoked. Like, look at that grass. Look at that caterpillar. Look at this. Look at that. Why is this the way? What is that called? You know, and, and we, we lost, we lose that. We lost it. You know, some of us, some of us got to keep it. I definitely lost mine. And it took a lot of work um, to go back and find that inner child, to go back and kind of rescue and make it, you know, hey, it's okay. The things that they said really aren't true. You just believed it. They weren't true. You just believed it. And kids really are magical. They live in these magical realms and they live in higher densities than we do. And I think they really do live in like the Garden of Eden State where they are, they naked and run around. They don't care. And they're very loving. They want to play with other people. Um, you know, and then, you know, things happen as you get older and steps along the way kind of knock you out of that state. But it's always there for every single one of us. It's definitely still there. And our imagination is more important than knowledge. Einstein said, knowledge is limited and imaginations and circles of world, the world. And literally logic can take you from A to B and imagine, can imagination can take you anywhere. Can take you anywhere in the universe, anywhere in your past, in your old thoughts. Um, imagination can take you to other worlds, other universes. Uh, and so, you know, logic and knowledge and everything, all that stuff's limited. We were never really taught as children to really dive into your imagination. Go use that. And now people are so inundated with the televisions and programs and iPads and stuff. I mean, just a book alone is a magical place to be, right? It's in a book as a kid books that you want to read and you want to get into that imagination can create so much for i mean literally einstein said he's creating the theory of relativity by imagining ways of life he's writing them basically and i've had epiphanies taking that exact uh, information that he gave and did the same thing uh, but imagination can get you to all the places that we want to get and it's this powerful realm where anything's possible, anything has happened. I mean, I, I'm on the playground with kids regularly every week, a couple times a week, and they'll like pick up a, you know, pick up a stick and be like, pretend this is the magical sword of wherever. And they're like, oh yeah, sure, no problem. And then the other kids don't even have, they don't even have, there's not even a second like, all right, buddy, that's a stick, you know? And all the adults would say stuff like that. Like, you're out of your mind. But a kid's like, oh, imagine this is the magical sword. And like, oh, sure. 10 kids like, okay, imagine this is a staff that can levitate. People. I mean, there was like, oh, he's got, yep, he's a levitator. And it's like, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. And that's how things are created. That's how technologies are born. That's how we change the world is to use this imagination to download uh, information into our brains because we're a receiver of information. We're not, not necessarily creating it all, but we're receiving everything that's around us in the field all the time. So I think it's really important to use that imagination to go back and not let somebody think because you said something weird back when you're five years old and now I'm not going to use it anymore. It's stuff like that that happens. And that does literally make us lose it. We lose that, inc that incredible, beautiful place of, of magic. And I think another thing that's really important and, you know, some people might get mad at me for this, but it's really honest to God truth. When we're kids and the magic that the grownups are most uh, engulfed about is the Easter Bunny, Santa, and the Tooth Fairy. And we tell kids this stuff is real and, you know, make it in a soap. Hide the basket around the house and say it's Easter Bunny. 
And I don't know about you guys. I'm sure there's a lot of people who that was a good time for you, Santa and Easter Bunny and Tooth Fairy and all that stuff. I really wanted to believe these things. And I did. I really believed that these things were real. So it was very jarring to me to know that my younger brother told me that he goes in the living room and saw mom and dad putting the, the, the presents in there, that Santa wasn't, a, wasn't real. And he's two years younger than me. He was trying to investigate. I was just like totally happy with sleeping in and, and waking up getting those toys later on. But we don't realize the damage that really can do sometimes. When the biggest things in the child's life, the biggest magical things that parents are promoting end up to be false and not true, the people who literally brought you into this world have lied to you. And I made it a promise to my child that I will tell the truth. And I'm not saying you can't believe in the spirit of Santa, or I'm not saying that, um, you know, there's not a guy over there in the Easter Bunny costume or whatever, but I'm certainly just not going to tell them that the Easter Bunny hid this or Santa brought these things. You know, why not just say there's a spirit of old St. Nicholas and, you know, that spirit is definitely alive at Christmas, but I definitely think there's other things to talk about that are more important even so than that in those times giving and the, the winter solstice and what that reflects and those are incredibly important times for other things to go into and i want to train change some traditions in my family but you know i'm certainly just not going to continue lying to my kids because that's what that's what my parents did for me and i just again i'm not gonna it's not that i'm not gonna buy them gifts or, or things like that that's fine but i just when it comes to magic and it comes to children, we should be very careful with how we talk about magic. And I, I mean, I believe 100% that magic exists. It's all around us all the time. Either, either everything's a magical miracle or everything is not. To me, everything is a magical miracle. And we're lucky to be here. We're lucky to be in these bodies and have souls and everything else. So it's really important to just remember sometimes, not just to go with the flow and do what everybody else is doing, but really have some values and morals when it comes to what I'm going to tell my kids because uh, just because everybody else is doing it or that's what's on TV or that's the kind of norm. I want them to have more of an understanding than that so that some kid doesn't come to my kid later on four years old. You know, Santa's not really real. And she has to hear that from someone else other than me. I'm not going to have that. I don't want, I want my child to trust me all the time, no matter what. I'm going to tell you the truth. May not be the best. I'm not going to try to, make it hurt and sting but you know i just want to be honest with them so that you know hey magic is does exist we can still do a lot of things that you can see on tv and the fairy tales are real so that to me is important um another thing i think that is very possible when we get back in these childlike states is miracles can't happen people thought with magic but it you know are miracles but it's just the understanding of everything is all connected and when you come into this realm that we're in with more pure innocent vibrations more intense more intention um you're able to move those mountains you're able to do the things other people weren't able to do you know there's no doubt in my mind someone like daniel standing in the lion's den um because he had a pure heart you you see animals like that a lot of times where they'll come in and start barking at one person in particular while well, not doing that to other people um, they pick up on things they, they feel that vibration that you give off the essence that you are, are you a kind, peaceful friend? Are you someone that could be potentially an enemy, someone who you know has a lot of war going on within yourself? So therefore they might pick up on those things. But I think we can certain certainly 
calm the minds of animals and calm the minds of other people who are in those pure, innocent-like states. And that's really a powerful place to be. Uh, if we want peace, then obviously we have to be more peaceful and more kind to each other. And when we find that inner child within ourselves, we can dominate in life. Like I said earlier, you unleash that inner child, your imagination's on, you're fun, you work well with others, people want to be around you. Um, that to me is a quality that that sticks and people say, you know what, I want that. And that's something I'm working on myself still to this day is being more outgoing and extroverted to hang out with other people and to be that, um, you know, person that really trying to make more friends and be more friendly. It's, it's a task. And I feel like just because we're adults doesn't mean that, you know, we're done with our journey. There's so much more to grow, so much more to learn, so much more to heal and so much more to do. And, you know, don't, just because we're old, we haven't, we haven't, you know, lost, lost time or the only time is now. So you can learn something at 55 or 15. And, um, there really is a superhero inside all of us. We just need the courage to put on that cape. Go back and put on your cape again. Go back and be a superhero again. And to the point where, like, you don't care if anybody else sees you in your Spider-Man costume or your cape or whatever. It's super important. Be who you are, who you came here to be, to be free. Kids are free. They are much more freer than us. They live in a much more higher vibrational frequency than we do. And that's probably why there are people who do feed on young children, unfortunately, that feed on that pure innocence that they are because they can't find it themselves. And they're so black hole energy inside of them that, you know, they're looking for anything to suck it up to make them feel good about themselves. But deep down, if they just did that themselves, they wouldn't want to hurt anybody ever. And now I want to take you to some of the things I was talking about earlier with what Christ said about how literally important it is to find that inner child within yourself. Uh, Luke 18, Christ said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth. Anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God, like a child will not enter it. And that's, you know, that's a big thing. If you don't receive the kingdom of God, like a little child, you won't get in plain and simple, you know, and he said, he told people, he said, you know what? People think they did miracles in my name. And you know, they were with me the whole time. And I'll tell them, no, you weren't. You, this is not something that you believe in or have faith that, you know, because I call myself a Christian or because I said that Christ is in my heart, all those kind of things. To me, that's where the message was missing as a child. I mean, all these people said we're Christians in this and they talk a certain way at church. But then the other six days of the week, I see them out and they totally different. And, you know, prejudices of stereotypes or whatever and judgmental against people and i was like that's not childlike that's not it that's why i had such a hard time in church but this is a very you know very powerful saying you know and here's another one truly i tell you unless you change and become like children children you will never enter the kingdom of heaven whoever becomes humble like the child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. So that you love children, that you interact with them. You know, you can always tell those certain adults and there's a couple of kids around, they get to start to freak out a little bit. They get a little weirded out. They feel uncomfortable. You got to get over that, man. You got to get over the weirdness. Just be weird. Have fun. Join in on the weird stuff. Be silly. Have fun. And then here's another one I want to share with you guys. This is not from the Bible. This is from the Gospel of Thomas. 
Um, so there are other actual uh, books from the Nakamati Library, from the Gospel of Thomas and Mary Magdalene and stuff, and this is one of them. And his disciples. This, these are a lot of the a lot of stuff that's in the Bible is in this, but the more uh, in depth conversations with Jesus behind closed doors are in these documents. And even Jesus has said to himself, uh, "I speak to you guys out outside in parables, but to my true disciples, you know, I tell them behind closed doors the meaning of the parable." So, parable is a you know those cute little stories about the prodigal son and those kind of things. Um, but there's a much more deeper, you know, quantum physics and you know, just how the universe really relates to human beings in general, like your, how your thoughts interact with the world. Um, and those parables, he was telling people behind closed doors. And so here's one of them that goes along with this. His disciples asked him, when will you appear to us? And when will we see you? And Jesus said, when you strip down without being ashamed and you take your clothes off and put them under your feet like a little child and trample them, then you will see the son of man, the, you will see the son of the living one, and you will not be afraid. He's basically saying, you, you know, if you got guilt, if you got shame, if you got those, those wounds, if you can't take your clothes off and be completely free in front of everybody else, no matter what you look like, you're not getting in, you're not going to get there. It's that important. It's that intense. Like you really... You can't just be like, oh, yeah, man, I can play with kids. I can kick a ball around. No, you really got to be silly. You really got to free yourself from the ego of I'm, I'm Jay Cox from this town. And I'm no, no, you're, you're the soul on the journey, man. And we're like imprisoned. Our thoughts imprison us, you know, our feelings imprison us. We have to literally break through, um, to this higher frequency of love, unconditional love, forgiveness, kindness, freedom, being completely free so that no one can say anything to us and bounce. You know, you got that big, big, fat, juicy, strong aura around you coming from that heart, coming from your brain that blocks all those things off because there's nothing anybody can say that's going to get into a well-lit room like that when you're very powerful and strong. Nobody can say anything to you. It's going to hurt you. You're not going to believe any of that because you know it's not true. These are the things that I think are really important because if we really want to enter into the fifth dimension, the kingdom of heaven, the thousand years of peace, a golden Kali Yuga, a golden age, when you really think about it, Jesus is saying we're all got to be like our inner child self. When I'm on those playgrounds with those kids, the one thing that, that, that I notice more than anything else is they're all there to play with each other. You know, some play with each other more based on likes and things like that but they're all playing they're all having fun there's not one person there's not one feeling from a kid where they sexualize other kids where you can tell someone is attracted to someone else this does not even in their realm they're not even there at all and i think it's a higher way of being is to see people as playmates and how i can play with you and how i can be friends with you not you know, can I have sex with this person? Can we hook up? Can we do this or that? Like finding the essence, the pure golden essence in somebody else and being friends with that, finding the friend within them, being someone that's loving, you know, being a friend to them. That's, that's where they're at. They're not, they don't care about that. So to me, when I think about using my imagination and just thinking about what would it be like to be in the, in this thousand years piece of kingdom of heaven, a golden age and how people would interact with each other. 
it would just it would be so many people running around jumping playing having fun and getting along with each other and i and people say well how are people gonna even reproduce i think it's been said obviously christ was not born of of sex that he that there was an immaculate conception buddha was said that i believe noah was born that way um the angels came to Abraham and Sarah and said, you're going to have a kid. And she's laughed because she's past menopause. I think sex is just the physical creation part of something that's a higher dimensional pregnancy. When you have enlightened beings together, those beings can create physical flesh, souls without even having sex beyond there. And, and that's just me. Using, maybe I'm totally wrong, but that's me using my imagination to, to realize that there is a higher way of being that we have not seen on this planet for a very long time. And I would imagine that there are planets out there that have incredible ways of being, technological ways, cultural, philosophy, kindness to a, a level to extent, and loving each other and giving each other the freedom to say what they want and be who they are, that we have, like I said, again, we, I, I, I believe that we have seen that before on this planet. And in some ways, we see it now. But for that, you know, the normal everyday life that we're living, I'd like to see it happen a lot more. And I know that change starts with myself and how I'm treating each other and how, how I'm loving myself. Um, but certainly I do believe that it's time to free ourselves. When we can free the inner child within us, we're freeing that adult also. That we all literally live in a prison. And that truth will set us free. The truth is you are a beautiful, amazing incredible soul on a journey and it doesn't matter what body you're in what color it is how tall it is how short it is it doesn't even matter none of that stuff matters the infinite soul that you are with inside of you and to speak to that and to find that essence again within yourself the kingdom of heaven is within all of us and when we find that within ourselves it's easier to to bring that out and show others that it can be done and to love each other love ourselves and you show people how to treat me based on how i treat myself if I don't hate myself, I'm not bullying myself. I'm not going to let a bully bully me. People let bullies bully them because they bully themselves and they tell themselves they're not good enough and they line that up, you know, with the bully who wants, who needs to make fun of someone to feel good about themselves or hurt someone to make themselves feel good. But those two people need each other to have that karma to come alive and be like, oh, the moment when I realize eventually that someone's taking advantage of me is also the same moment I can realize that I have worth and to see that. In all, in all things, it's all working out for me in the end to grow, to heal, and to be that better human being. So tonight, I just wanted to share this with you guys. I think it's really important to just to understand how it's more than just fluff and, and feel-good information. The inner child is something incredibly important if that we are going to enter this higher dimensional frequency uh, that's going to be in on this planet. That seems that where we're going. You know, if you can't raise your vibration to that level you're only going to get so far and you'll have to go to other planets probably to reincarnate to do it again until you get there um that's my belief that's my my imagination and the things that i feel you know lead me to believe and so that's where i want to be so tonight i just want to say thank you guys every single one of you guys here that are on ascensionworks.tv who are following along and who are going to talk about this discussion afterwards i'm really excited about that um uh, just an incredible platform to be able to be a part of. Uh, so thank you guys for that. And I just want to say quickly to everyone else that's watching now that may watch later. 
thank you. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for being here at an incredible time on this planet. It's hard work. This is graduation ceremony. This is not elementary easy. This is this is the graduation part. This is coming in to bring swords of truth to really change what's going on on this planet. So I honor you. The divine in me sees, recognizes, and honors the divine in each and every single one of you. And I'm so grateful. Namaste.